Hi everyone and welcome back to Consortium Modern Marketing's podcast. Um, this episode I am joined by another expert marketer, uh, Hannah Perryman. Hannah, who has been in marketing for over 16 years, has a lot of experience working in-house in uh, law firms, accountancy practices, you name it, she's got it. Today we're talking specifically about blogs and how you can use them to boost the traffic uh, onto your business's website. Um Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? Hi, Jen. I'm good. Thank you. I think that you might actually be one of our consortiums, like really true content experts in terms of written stuff like blogs. So uh, I'm excited to pick your brains over this subject. Um, If you had one quick tip that you could give us or one fact just straight away, what's the first thing that jumps to your mind that you want people to know? Sure. Well, um, in terms of content and blogging, only um, 70% of businesses are not regularly publishing valuable content to their website. So this is a really missed opportunity for those that aren't because blogging is a free marketing tool um, and all businesses should be taking advantage of it. So a really quick tip to optimize um, blogs would be to add a compelling meta description So a meta description, for those who don't know, are a tag, which you can see in the first few lines of text that appear underneath a link. These are used to inform the viewer about what to expect to see in that blog. You only get around 150 characters, so a super quick overview of what that blog entails is the best way to use it. A good meta description will help Google to distinguish what your content is about and where to rank it in the search results. And a really good meta description will actually entice people to click through and read the blog in the first place. A really huge opportunity and 150 characters, really big impact with not a lot of space. So really vital to get those words right. Um, 70% is an insanely high statistic. It is, yeah. And that's not just 70% of businesses don't have a blog, that 70% of businesses are not producing good content that includes everybody who is posting stuff and that's a a lot so there's a lot of room for improvement yes there definitely is yeah it could be a really missed opportunity for lots of businesses I think that a lot of people probably uh look at blogs as uh, just another thing and like a more stuff that is generates more digital noise so I was going to uh, say to you that uh, should we be bothering with blogs and I think we have answered that a little bit but um, I would love to hear your thoughts on um, why you think that they're so valuable. Sure um, so the, the short answer would be yes we absolutely should still be bothering with blogs. Um, I can understand the opinion that some people might think that they're a bit outdated now in 2023 and going forward mm-hmm. Um But the beauty is that you can do so much with a blog. So you can post a long length blog and from that blog create other content as well, such as videos, social media reels, posts, infographics, or even a podcast. So that way, depending on your audience preference, they can digest your content in a number of different ways. So blogs definitely have so many advantages, um, search engine rankings just being one of them. Blogs can help drive traffic to your website and what company doesn't want more people visiting their website. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They can also help to keep your website updated regularly, which Google likes. So websites can become stale, 
So regular blogging, whether that's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, will just help your website to stay fresh as well. Um, and blogs are a really good way of driving calls to action, so actually getting people to pick up the phone or make that inquiry. For professional services, who we work with mostly at Consortium, a blog mm -hmm. can give useful insights and build trust. It can help showcase expertise. As I said, they can be repurposed into everything. So a blog is always, I feel, a really good starting point to getting your message across. So I was going to ask about uh, breaking a blog up into... Um all of those different forms of content you were just talking about and sort of getting that message everywhere. I, I, I do think that there is this sort of idea that um, those lines are really super rigid. So if you have a blog, then that's the blog. If you're going to do um, your social media posts, then that's something else entirely as well. Do you have any particular thoughts on how you could break a blog apart or, you know, the ways specifically in which you could use it to produce other content? Sure. I mean, I think the, the strongest way for a firm to get a message across is to do so in multi ways. So if you have a key message, don't just do a blog or some social media posts, but actually do a whole campaign on that message. Um, so if you have quite a nice length blog, you can make that into 10 top tips or five top tips. Um, those are quite nice short messages that you can put out on your social media platforms. That's really interesting. And you don't think that, um, well, I mean, I suppose not. The whole point is to reach everybody, isn't it? Um, I was going to say, do you not think that that's overkill? But not everybody is everywhere, I suppose. And you want to make sure that everybody gets the message. Yes. And um, the joy of social media algorithms means that everyone's not going to see your message all the time. So you may find that some people see your blog, but they don't ever actually see the top tips or the follow up posts that you do. Um, those that do see it all must just be your biggest fans who want to digest all of your content <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so with that in mind, what should we be writing about, particularly if you're a professional service firm? How do you choose what you're going to write about and who do you get to write it? Sure. So coming up with what to write can be tricky, particularly for professional services. So law firms and accountants it tends to be a dry subject um, and accountants and lawyers are very technical. So actually writing a blog um, may use jargon and lawyer speak which the general public don't understand so it's always good to outsource your blog writing to someone who has a good level of understanding of that industry but isn't writing in a technical sense that way the blog mm -hmm. can be readable by anyone so I think a, a good tip when writing would be to make sure that you're answering a problem or a challenge so don't just write for the sake of writing and say, oh gosh, I've got to get my monthly blog out. What can I write about? Actually think about what people are actively searching for, what's going on in the world, what's happening in your industry. Um, so don't just blog for the sake of blogging, but ask yourself who will actually care about reading this before you press go. There's lots of different things that you could write in a blog and it will really depend on your industry. So you could answer frequently asked questions on a topic. You could interview a member of your team, share a case study or a thought leadership piece um, or comment on the latest trends. Um, another good way of looking for some inspiration is to look at content calendars of any awareness days and things that are going on. 
But obviously writing your own content can be very time consuming and take you away from your day job. So you can use a marketing agency such as ourselves um, who would write a strategy, create a content calendar and write and post all your blogs for you. So this can work really well if you want to ensure that something new is going out regularly. Um, and then if you do find the time or the inspiration to come up with something yourself, then this is just an added bonus. Um, I suppose, because uh, you mentioned in their thought leadership, for example, right? So that has to be written by the, you know, the benefit of that is that it's saying, oh, look, this person in this business is a, I was going to say savant, but you don't have to be a genius. You just have to, you know, be <laughs> knowledgeable about your subject matter, right? So that has to come from within the building. And I suppose then you would make strategic choices as to who would be the person writing that, right? Like whose profile you'll be raising versus the time cost of writing a blog. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any sort of thoughts or recommendations on how you decide? Does it matter even? Yeah, so um, with the firms that we're working with, they'll quite often have a particular department or a particular person who they're looking to raise their profile for. So it might be a new member of staff or someone who's recently qualified that wants to raise their profile and perhaps has a little bit more time on their hands. So we work with various different businesses and, and if, if they are struggling, then we can highlight who or which department they should be focusing on. But that's a really good piece of advice for juniors and for new entry staff, um, because then it gets them in front of your existing client base, as well as, you know, yeah. any perspectives. It really helps to build their skills as well. So trainee solicitors and trainee accountants get them writing some blogs um, that they come up with some really useful content as well. That's so good. That's really great. Um, really. And also incredibly actionable. If you have a junior, go get them to write a blog. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so you've got your junior writing a blog. <laughs> what key things do you need to include for your optimal results? Okay. So there's quite a few things that you can be doing to optimize the blog. Mm -hmm. um, one of the first things I would suggest is to make sure you're using keywords. Mm -hmm. So quite a simple and obvious tip, but make sure that the blog you're writing includes the keywords that your audience will be searching for. Um, that sounds obvious, but quite often in the industry, you might be using different phrases or jargon that your potential client isn't actually searching for. Yeah. So for example, how to start the probate process might be better worded as what to do when someone dies. Apologies for the rather morbid example there. Um, but you want to make sure that you've got those keywords in your blog, in the title, in the meta description, in headings, and just, just use them throughout your blog, really. One thing that you do need to be very careful of when using keywords is that you're not keyword stuffing. So it's got to make sense and read well as well. Don't just chuck a load of buzzwords in there and hope for the best because Google is a lot smarter than that. And it will read your blog and say, this reads awfully and nobody wants to see it. <laughs> so if you're not sure where to start with keywords, there are some tools that you can use online and you can find out what the most popular search terms are in your industry. So you want to find search terms that have got a good amount of people looking at them. Uh, yeah. And I suppose I, I would say that a rule of thumb is, is that if you're thinking about jargon as as your sort of search terms then those that's probably think about who who would be using those words obviously that's aimed at other lawyers other accountants that's like your really your key thought leadership piece for yes. 
sort of uh, similar level, not thinkers, but people who are trained at a similar level as you. Um, whereas I think in general, most people who are approaching a professional service to require those services are Googling things like accountants near me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How to do this or cheap ways of sorting this problem out that I have. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, just going, going back to search terms, I mentioned titles. So having a really good title mm. for your blog is key as well. So think about what people are typing into Google. Um, and if you're article matches exactly what someone's typing in they're far more likely to click on it um so some titles that work well are how to's or top tips for um numbers tend to work really well so um, i've written a lot of content for a law firm and the articles that always performed best tended to have numbers in the title Mm -hmm. so i think people just like to know how much reading they've got to do (laughs) so um (laughs) So, you know, before they waste their time. So if you have an article called Five Reasons to Blog, you know, okay, I've got to read five things. Five things. Um, Or, you know, (laughs) learn how to blog in 10 minutes. Okay, great. I've got 10 minutes. Let's make a cup of tea and read this blog. Yeah, perfect. Um, I would also add to that that if you can, if it's a uh, piece of information that might change, or mm-hmm. be updated fairly regularly then if you can cram the date in the title as well or at least the year that makes a huge difference yes T- typically when i'm googling problems that i have i'm looking for the solution that is closest to when the problem happened yeah <laughs> yeah you want to find the most up-to-date um content out there so i mean i, I quite often throw the year in um, when mm-hmm. i'm looking for things to research yeah that's really helpful um and of course uh optimal results or optimal traffic yes definitely yeah I mean I mean just talking about the date and having the most recent result um how often would you recommend having a new blog on your website or uh I guess updating going back and updating the old ones yeah um So, I mean, I think as an absolute minimum, I would aim to write one blog a month to be added to a website. Mm -hmm. If you could get two or three out, then fantastic. But I I think the the key really is to go for quality over quantity. Um, So it's much better to post one killer piece of content a month than a weekly blog that nobody's really interested in reading. In terms of your old blogs on a website, um, you definitely should be able to repurpose some of those. So this is where it's really handy to audit your website and particularly your blog section quite regularly. Mm -hmm. So a recent audit that I've performed on a client's website, I looked at their blogs and put them all into three different categories. Yeah. So you had your evergreen content. So these are your really excellent blogs that are always relevant. They receive a good amount of traffic every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you, so you definitely want to keep these on your website. Actually removing those could damage your SEO yeah, authority. Sure. Um, so those are the ones to keep. I then created a list of blogs that were dead. So these are ones to <laughs> get rid of. Mm-hmm. So are you still referring to Christmas in July? Are you yeah. talking about COVID still? We've moved on right. from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> or have you got an interview on there with a member of staff who left or retired? So all of these ones, delete make space Mm -hmm. for new ones. Um, It's also really good to try and reduce the number of pages on your website. 
Um, that's probably an entirely separate blog, but <laughs> reducing your old dead blogs is a really good way of doing that. For sure. And then somewhere in the middle, you've got blogs that are not dead, but they're not evergreen either. So with these, you can look at them. Can you freshen them up, repurpose them in any way? Perhaps they just need some tweaking and optimizing and they do become your evergreen blogs as well. Mm -hmm. um, and some of these can be archived and reused at a later date. So those times where you're lacking inspiration, you can have a little look in your blog section and, and see if you can breathe some new life into those ones. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is a really good point for us to sort of jump in and say that search engine optimization in general is very layered and quite complicated. So, uh, you know, Google or Bing or whoever you're optimizing for, which is a whole other thing, uh, looks at everything individually and also comprehensively as a whole. So all of your pages make a difference to the whole website and your yes. website makes a, a difference to all your pages. Um, so these are very good things for you to do. Great practice to have your evergreens and your your terrible Christmas blogs from <laughs> 2015 just gone from the website forever. But um, uh, it's not magic. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, doesn't it? It's not. Yeah, it does take time. And when you're working in professional services, when do you have the time to sit and go yeah, through your exactly. old blogs? Yeah. So if you can... Um, I, I feel like just putting Christmas into your website and deleting all of your Christmas ones, super easy, big win. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any super common mistakes that you see? Uh, I mean, we, obviously we've covered, uh, leaving up your old stuff and, mm. um, like search term, like keyword stuffing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I feel like, you know, that's not so common anymore. Is yeah. there anything that you see a lot of that you think this is really easy? <laughs> yeah. We can fix this? Um, I mean, I think the most obvious one that comes to mind is um, businesses that publish blogs and then expect them to work without ever sharing them. <laughs> yep. So you see this quite a lot. People have a great blog, um, mm -hmm. but they don't tell anyone that they're there. So um, <laughs> if you've taken the time to write a, a blog and put it on your website, you really need to make sure that you're sharing it on your social media platforms, um, getting the staff within your business to reshare them, include them in your mail shots or mm -hmm. your email footers. Um, so this will really help drive some initial traffic to the blog as well. So when you launch a new blog into the world, if it starts getting some hits nice and quickly, that will really help Google to rank it as a piece of content sure. that people want to see. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just mad that people don't shout about their, their blogs <laughs> or, or just say, you know, oh, here's our latest blog. But and then leave it at that. But, you know, yep. go back and share it again the week after mm -hmm. or the month after. If it's still relevant, then you can keep going back to it. That's that's yep. the beauty of of creating good content. Another mistake that I see quite often is businesses using their blog as a sales pitch. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is not a blog. <laughs> um, so this would be website copy or something that you want to put in a sales brochure. Um, but a blog really should be something meaningful, educational, interesting, or even entertaining. Um, you should definitely include some calls to actions in there or some little sales plugs, but they shouldn't be a self-glorifying sales pitch yeah. masked mm -hmm. as a blog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you kind of want those things to come from outside the house yes <laughs> you want the, that call to come from outside the house um I'm gonna add one in actually a really uh common one that I see is 
a whole page dedicated to less than 300 words. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Google looks at as a mark of quality is length. And that's, uh, I, you know, we can sort of talk about whether or not that's a valuable measure. But, you know, realistically speaking, the more information that you have on your page, the more valuable the page is. So uh, I would aim for 800 if you can. Yeah. That's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Google's algorithms change all the time and I think that the latest update with the useful content update is that it is looking for long length information. Yeah. We know that people may not have the the patience to read the entire blog, but you need to put that information out there, ideally yeah. summarizing the entire article within the first few paragraphs. Um yeah. so mm -hmm. that if people don't have the patience to read the whole blog, then they've already captured the message. Yeah. Um, so just a few other things to add to that of sort of best practice, I guess. Um, something that search engines are looking for is that your blog is easy to read as well. So talking about mm. length is really important, but actually using a decent sized font, writing in yeah. short mm -hmm. paragraphs, using subtitles, bullet points, breaking up those huge chunks of text, um, adding in captions to photos or anything that might need yeah. explanations. Mm -hmm. Um, and making sure it's readable on all devices as well. So search engines will favor content that is accessible to everybody. So that's really yeah. something to think about as well. Mm -hmm. And that includes alt text and uh, descriptions. And, yes. you know, you want your website to be screen reader friendly. Yeah. So actually another thing you can do, I mean, most people will be using a blog um, an image within their blog. Um, so if you're adding an image or two, it just makes it more interesting to read Um and you can optimize your images as well. So you want to make sure the file size is correct for your website page. Mm -hmm. Massive file sized images could cause issues or not load properly. Um, small pixelated images will also just look really rubbish. Um, and you can use alt text or alternative text as a tag. So similar to the meta description, this explains what the image is and that will help Google to crawl your blog um, and it also helps visually impaired people to understand what the image alongside the blog is as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I think recently, sort of in the last, well, I mean, where are we? In the last five or even 10 years, the accessibility has made a really huge um, mm. difference to uh, Google's ranking. They really, uh, I mean, good. They are really looking for it and that's good. Uh, accessible stuff is good for everybody um so uh, i would really recommend getting their alt text in there and having it not just be the keyword yes <laughs> <laughs> having it actually be useful so that's i think really comprehensive hannah i think we could walk away from this uh with just like the best information like all of the key fundamentals that, that you can think about when you're writing a blog um to add to your company's website thank you so much for talking to us no worries at all thank you um if you are interested in this uh you can check out our website for more hannah has written stuff that you can find on our blog which is consortiumbiz.co.uk forward slash blog um but if you want that sort of juicy information useful tips straight to your inbox you can uh, subscribe to our newsletter which is consortiumbiz.co.uk forward slash newsletter 
Thank you very much for listening and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you um, have any comments or questions, then you can email me. That's podcast at consortiumbiz.co.uk. And if you uh, consider yourself to be an expert in the field and you want to get your uh, advice in front of um, professional service firms, then you should also email me and we'll see about getting you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thanks again, Hannah for talking to me and uh, we'll catch you all in the next one. Bye.